We're up to Numbers chapter 10. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Make two trumpets of silver. You shall make them of beaten work. You shall use them for calling of the congregation and for the journeying of the camps. When they blow them, all the congregation shall gather themselves to you at the door of the tent of meeting. If they blow just one, then the princes, the heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves to you. When you blow an alarm, the camps that lie on the east shall go forward. When you blow an alarm the second time, the camps that lie on the south side shall go forward. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. The sons of Aaron the priests shall blow the trumpets. This shall be to you for a statute forever throughout your generations. When you go to war in your land against the adversary who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets. Then you will be remembered before Yahweh your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Also, in the day of your gladness, and in your set feasts, and in the beginnings of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings, and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and they shall be to you for a memorial before your God. I am Yahweh your God. In the second year, in the second month, on the twentieth day of the month, the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle of the covenant. The children of Israel went forward on their journeys out of the wilderness of Sinai, and the cloud stayed in the wilderness of Paran. They first went forward according to the commandment of Yahweh by Moses. First, the standard of the camp of the children of Judah went forward according to their armies. Nashon, the son of Aminadab, was over his army. Nathanael the son of Zuar was over the army of the tribe of the children of Issachar. Eliab the son of Helon was over the army of the tribe of the children of Zebulun. The tabernacle was taken down, and the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merari who bore the tabernacle went forward. The standard of the camp of Reuben went forward according to their armies. Elazor the son of Shadur was over his army. Shalumiel the son of Zurashaddai was over the army of the tribe of the children of Simeon. Eliasaph, the son of Jewel, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Gad. The Kohathites set forward, bearing the sanctuary. The others set up the tabernacle before they arrived. The standard of the camp of the children of Ephraim set forward according to their armies. Elishamah, the son of Amihud, was over his army. Gamaliel, the son of Pedasur, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Manasseh. Abadan, the son of Gideoni, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Benjamin. The standard of the camp of the children of Dan, which was at the rear guard of all the camps, set forward according to all their armies. Ahiezer, the son of Amishadai, was over his army. Pagiel, the son of Okran, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Asher. Ahira, the son of Enan, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Naphtali. Thus were the travels of the children of Israel, According to their armies, they went forward. Moses said to Hobab, the son of Ruel the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are journeying to the place of which Yahweh said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well, for Yahweh has spoken good concerning Israel. He said to him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my relatives. But Moses said, Don't leave us, please, because you know how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and you can be our eyes. It shall be, if you go with us, yes, it shall be, 
that whatever good Yahweh does to us, we will do the same to you. They set forward from the Mount of Yahweh three days' journey. The Ark of Yahweh's covenant went before them three days' journey to seek out a resting place for them. The cloud of Yahweh was over them by day when they set forward from the camp. When the Ark went forward, Moses said, Rise up, Yahweh, and let your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee before you. When it rested, he said, Return, Yahweh, to the ten thousands of the thousands of Israel. This chapter, chapter 10, has got the first part about trumpets. And then the second part, which we'll get to in a second, is about how they left the, the desert of Sinai for the very first time. So first about the trumpets. <laughs> God told Moses to make two of them out of silver, and they were to be used for a couple of things. If there was an alarm, like if they were summoning people to war, they could be blown in a certain way. We're not told how that was. But if they were summoning people for, say, a meeting, they could blow both trumpets and everyone would come. Or if they blew only one trumpet, all the leaders would come. So they had a practical system. I guess you could call it an ancient intercom. <laughs> and, um, you know, you've got, a, you've got two million people living in the desert. And in one of the previous videos, I gave you a bit of a sense of how much land this would have occupied. At least 5.5 kilometres by 5.5 kilometres something like um, 26 or 27 square kilometers. I'm trying to remember what, what the size was, but it's a big area that was occupied. So if you're trying to call everyone together for an emergency meeting, you've got to have a way. And it turns out trumpets is the way. And so this is very practical. But interestingly, trumpets are everywhere in the Bible. Now there were trumpets mentioned before this. They are mentioned in the book of Exodus. The first time that we find trumpets in the Bible is in Exodus and they're mentioned just two or three times, but then from here on, they are mentioned in the Bible a lot. In total, what I was able to work out is trumpets are discussed 114 times in the whole Bible, and this is some of the things that, that they uh, get discussed with. First of all, trumpets blow at the giving of the law. So you would remember in the book of Exodus, when Moses went up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, trumpets blew. And people were told, you know, at the sound of the trumpet, do not approach the mountain. You might remember that. Well, that's the first use of trumpets in the Bible, right there. So the giving of the law. Um, there's an actual feast called the Feast of Trumpets, which we discussed in the book of Leviticus. The Hebrew name for that is Rosh Hashanah. And that's the feast where every year in the lead up to the Day of Atonement, people would like basically get themselves sorted out, like make... They'd go to people and say sorry for their sins and they'd, they'd sort out their grievances and their problems. This was the Feast of Trumpets. Trumpets were used in the Bible to call people to war. Trumpets were used in the story of Gideon where they surrounded the enemy camp and blew trumpets. Trumpets are used in Joel's prophecy. It says, sound the alarm, blow the trumpet, you know, declare a feast in Zion, all this type of thing. Um, trumpets, in that prophecy of Joel, it's talking about the day of Pentecost which is the giving of the law again. But most notably, trumpets are used in the New Testament to talk about the return of the Lord. In the book of Revelation, there are seven trumpets that blow, and each trumpet has a, a terrible judgment. And then the last trumpet is the, is the return of Christ, the sounding of the last trump. You may have heard of that talked about in church. So I guess what I'm saying here is we've got this discussion of trumpets. It's practical. 
in just about every single case when we have something like this in the Old Testament, it's a symbol of things the Lord is trying to say. And in this case, it's, it's everywhere in the scripture. And I'm going to be very honest with you. When I looked up trumpets to try to get a sense of all that God was saying about it in the Bible and I saw 114 uses, I thought, wow, this is a big topic far beyond this video of Numbers chapter 10. So I just thought, why don't you do your own research into trumpets and see what is the Lord saying with the use of trumpets? Certainly it was very practical for them. In the second part of Numbers chapter 10, something very exciting has happened. It said on the, let me get that for you and let me read the exact date. So it said that, where are we? In the second year, on the second month, the 20th day. So this is since leaving Egypt, it's been a whole year and a whole month and 20 days. So when they left Egypt, they came to this place in the, in the desert of Sinai and that's where they camped and they've been there ever since. They've been in this place for the whole entire time except for the initial traveling. And so they've, in this, in this place, the Lord has given them the law. Moses has gone up the mountain. They've got the 10 commandments. They've, the golden calf thing happened. The tabernacle has been built. The sacrifices have been set up. The priests have been set up. They've all been consecrated. In the last chapter, the Levites were consecrated for their work. Everyone has been instructed on how, if, if we're ever going to travel, this is how we're going to do it. The tribe of Judah is going to pack up first and go. And the tribe of Naphtali is going to be the last one in the order. And there's, there's, it's all been organized. And this whole process of organizing an entire country, basically, has taken one year, one month, and 20 days. And then we were told at the end of the last chapter that the Lord was going to lead them by a cloud or by a fire that was going to sit on the tabernacle. So everybody knew that if you come out your tent in the morning and you look over there to where the tabernacle is and the cloud is lifting up, you say, it's traveling day. And they haven't done it yet. And here we are, second year, second month, 20th day, the cloud is lifting. And everyone is like, whoa, we're moving. <laughs> so this is actually a very exciting chapter. And this is the start of um, basically their wilderness wanderings of all the traveling, except for they don't know it's going to be the start of their wilderness wanderings because they think right now in this moment, they think we're now finally going to the promised land. That's what they think. Of course, they're going to get there in 39 years, but they think they're going straight there now. And of course, they don't get there because of things that are going to happen in the next few chapters that we'll talk about. So... The problem was that as excited as they were, as organized as they were, as much as God had done for them, they didn't trust the Lord. And we're going to talk about that in the chapters that come. But in, in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1 in the New Testament, Paul says, all of these things happened to them as an example, and they were written down for our admonition on whom the ends of the ages are come. Have you ever been in a church or been in a congregation or in a group and God's given you promises? And, and you get to the point where you know the Lord's about to fill his promises. Well, that's the point that the Israelites are at right now. They've been brought out of slavery. God's given them promises. There's a promised land ahead. He 
he's, he's established them, they've counted the fighting men, they've ordered them all, their camp is set up, they know how to pack up, how to march, they know what sacrifice, it, there's been a huge amount that's happened and now they are going to inherit their promises but there's going to be some obstacles along the way and this is you we're talking about. You're in church, you've been called to the Lord, you've been set free from your sin and there's promises been given to you. There is good ahead, but there comes a point where there's an obstacle in your life. What are you going to do? Well, Paul tells us that this is their example is our example. It's what we need to copy and learn from. And you would think that after all that God had done, why didn't they trust him? I'm not sure. And it's a question we can ask ourselves. After all that God has done for us, why do we sometimes struggle to trust him? It's a question we're going to consider over the next few chapters more and more and more. But we do want to trust the Lord. Let's pray about that. Father, this, this chapter is a bit incomplete in the Bible because it needs the other chapters to finish it. But Lord, I ask that you would help us to be a people who trust you. I ask your grace to be upon us. Lift us up, Lord. Help us to be a people who, after seeing all you've done for us, are still in that place of, of um, Lord, holding our hearts out before you. We haven't pulled them away. Lord, our trust and our faith is in you. So, Lord, help us to be your people. Help us not to copy this terrible example of the Israelites who grumbled and complained and, and followed their own ways instead of yours. Let us not be like that. Lord, help us to follow you with a whole heart, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.